And now, brought to you by Guru Energy Drinks. Good energy, smart organics. www.guruenergy.com Coming to you live, but not really live, from Gut Check World Headquarters in the capital city of a boxing glove-shaped state and Gut Check South Command, deep in the belly button above the buckle of the Bible Belt, it's the Gut Check Podcast with your hosts, Ted Gluck and Zach Bartles. Hey, welcome to the Gut Check Podcast. I am Ted Cluck, joined in studio, as always, by my good friend, Zachary Bartles. Literally joined. Conjoined. Con- conjoined. Joined at the hip, as it were. <laughs> Zach, we... Uh, long-distance conjoinments are hard, long, man. Long-distance joinment. We have had some furious Twitter activity over the last few days, man. It's been great to see uh, our listeners promoting Guru, our sponsor. Yeah. Uh, it seems like all throughout the, the Mid-South and the Midwest, uh, listeners are looking for Guru. And they're finding it sometimes. And they're finding it. And you know what? My students know that I'm sponsored by Guru, and they've <laughs> begun buying it and bringing it to class. And Your like, classes are sponsored by Guru, actually. My classes are sponsored by Guru. They, they, in fact, have been known to text me pictures from supermarkets where they see guru so nice uh, it's a phenomenon baby i feel like it's uh it's sweeping the nation and i'm just happy to be a part of it you know (laughs) you know what we should also talk a little about what should we talk a little about the uh the upcoming new sponsor with whom we've been uh trading some creative we have kind of sloshing uh, the creative juices um i'm not going to finish that thought it's going to sound weird but um or you couldn't you know either way (laughs) Yeah, we've been uh, we've been trading some some high level executive emails uh, with executives from that organization uh, and executives from our organization, meaning us. Um, and I'm happy to report, Zach, that we are going to have some new swag available through MissionAware.com. Um, there are going to be some Gut Check Press hoodies and uh, and T-shirts, ostensibly, uh, maybe some some other pieces of swag bearing uh, a brand new Gut Check podcast logo. So yeah, we, we've got these guys uh, like. Actually, putting pen to probably uh, light pen to kind of some sort of uh, USB drawing pad, I, I imagine. Uh, but but coming up with some new stuff people haven't seen. So our, our swag yeah. in the past has all been very very limited to kind of like you can get a mug with this thing on it, or yeah. you can get a travel mug with the same thing on it, or you can get a hat with the same thing on it. And, and the now, mug costs like $25 yeah, because right. that's how those things work. Yeah, those those are horrible. I bought one of the mugs yeah. because I put it on the desk for the photo on the cover of the spectacular book, The Gut Check Guide to Publishing, which, which everyone should buy. is a beautiful photo, by the way. Yeah, my wife took that, and we both kind of staged it, and uh, we went out and smoked cigars so that there would be a cigar. It was it was fun. I could see that. I could see your, your staging you know, fingerprints all over it. As a... <laughs> but <laughs> um, I bought the, the mug, and I think with ship, it was like 21 bucks or something bonkers for yeah, like crazy. a regular white mug with our logo on it. Um, so Gut Check Swag is going to be a lot more affordable. And a lot cooler. Uh, and a lot cooler now that we have this partnership in place with uh, with MissionAware.com, also known as CalvinistSwag.com. So, Which uh, is an unofficial name that, that like you and, and uh, Barnabas Piper made up? or Yeah, in, an, in another high-level creative session. You know, the ideas were just flying out of us. <laughs> So I'm excited, baby. I'm excited about this partnership, and I'm excited that uh, that all of our fans are going to be able to buy branded swag uh, from a, a very legitimate source. And and I have to tell you, like, I'm getting stopped in the hallway probably once or twice a week now by students who listen to the Gut Check podcast. That's so. spectacular, man. And now you can get stopped in the hallway once or twice a week by students wearing Gut Check podcast hoodies. 
That's going to be if unbelievable. If it ever gets cold enough where you live to wear a hoodie. I don't know. And we can have and we can have people sort of texting, you know, pictures of themselves in their hoodies and uh that will feel that will all serve the purpose of just kind of gratifying our own egos. You know, uh, Ted, speaking of both yeah. ego gratification and other people uh, sure. kind of expending their creative currency on our behalf. Yeah. Uh, I want to mention this uh unsolicited and anonymous um image we got the the mm-hmm. book cover you know what i'm talking about i do i know exactly what you're talking about but i'd love for you to suss that out for our listeners because hans booby this is radio not television well we got uh on the 16th of march as it happens mm-hmm. um a email from full name uh that was the <laughs> That was the name on the email account. Oh, that was the name. I was waiting for you to say the full name. No, just full name. Um, And uh, the the email address is james-bond-007 at, and then a uh, a kind of venture that that's not his real name. Yeah, yeah. Um, Not Gmail, not not even AOL, but a a, a much lesser kind of uh, host. Uh, And and what it was was an image of the subject line is lashing, and it's the image of a book cover. Yeah, uh, that this individual took the time to kind of uh, piece together. Okay, uh, and and the book, as you know, is called "Lashing for Dum Dums," <laughs> and the text says, "I'll put it, I'll put it up as the graphic on this on this uh, yeah. podcast." Please says, do. "Learn how to bring your belongings to the next level," and then there's the requisite uh, bullet points: bikes, nightstands, first gen electronic devices. <laughs> And there are some pictures of some twine and some colorful tape and some zip ties like the ones Weebus sent us and yep. some Velcro. Dude, I love it, man. Don't you love that we're in the cultural engagement business? We're shaping the culture. <laughs> Meaning that somebody took like hours to, to cobble that graphic together and send it our way. I think Dude, that's we are amazing. shaping the co- culture one strip of Velcro at a time. You know, we're shaping like it and kind of holding it in place with like duct tape and stuff. I feel like we've single-handedly created the lashing subculture. I, I don't think that was even a, a, a glimmer in anybody's eye before we came along. I actually there. think lashing, there was like a uh, alt.usenet lashing group, <laughs> but it was nothing that you'd want yeah. anything to do with. And so it we, we redeemed it. Eyes, you know? yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We, we did redeem it. We did redeem <laughs> it. You might have to have an awkward uh, chat with your Covenant Eyes partner if you, if you look at that. Person. You know who my Covenant Eyes partner is now? Ooh. Noah Filippiak. Really? Yeah. That's outstanding. I don't know why I told you. That. I got back on. I got okay. off when they raised their prices. Yeah. And then I got on when I realized my kid has a little tablet we got him. Dude, And yes. that the whole yeah. world is full of darkness and horror. Oh, it and is, so I man. got the little family pack and, and got us both going. You realize the darkness and horror and knew when, yeah, when your kids start using electronic devices and you go, man, I, I really hope they, I, I wish they wouldn't, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know about your kid, though, but my kid's school, like... 95% of his homework assignments involve some sort of online component. It's like they're in school for eight hours, but then they're basically taking online classes the rest of the time. <laughs> I don't get it. He's going to have an MBA in like two more semesters. Ah, <laughs> dude, it's crazy, man. It's crazy. I remember like going to school and not doing any homework in the evening, and, and that was what middle school looked like for me. But, man, this kid, he's, he's online all the time doing work. Yeah, my kid has more homework than I would expect for a second grader, too. Yeah. Um, and, and and some of it, it used to be online. I think like somehow at some point they, they stopped figuring out how to do new lesson plans. I remember yeah. hearing like, oh, the, the teacher doesn't quite know how to. And, and then, you know, she just never figured it out, which is fine by me because really, I mean, 
the kid's already playing Minecraft, you know, any chance he can. Oh, um, your kid's discovered Minecraft, huh? Oh, man. Dude, how boring is that? Oh, you know He's what's He's doing boring. it right now. Yeah. Even more boring than the actual Minecraft is listening to him tell stories about Minecraft. Because <laughs> it's not enough for him to play for six hours. He then has to recount every boring thing that he built along the way. It reminds me of hearing kids talk about Pokemon when I was a youth pastor in the in the 90s. Oh wow. Um, which was, you know, just as just kind of confusing, but confusing right. confusing and like fascin like fascinating in a boring way, if that makes sense. It do- it totally makes sense cuz it's really interesting to them. You know what I mean? <laughs> like they feel this real sense of achievement after several hours spent playing Minecraft and and you know, I have to <laughs> yeah. Sit there with like a patronizing look on my face as they uh, as they exp- as they explain it all. It reminds me of when I I sometimes go to the the Burmese church that meets in our our church building, yeah, and sit. Uh, I, I'll preach with an interpreter, but before that, I'll sit through like an hour and a half of a service in a language I could never begin to understand. Yeah, and and they'll get really passionate and like shouting and 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 they do this thing where their voice goes. Whoa, 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 like that's part of the way they communicate yeah, yeah, yeah. and every time they do that i think wow i wonder what that means something and, amazing's going on yeah but i have no idea what and i'm kind of bored because i've been here for an hour and that's exactly that, that is kind of a metaphor for uh hearing a, a conversation about minecraft absolutely absolutely baby how do you deal with uh th- this is i don't know something i've wanted to ask you for a while because i struggle with this how do you deal with as an adult like you're a grown man very educated um, as such, guys like you and I are required to like sit in rooms and listen to talks all the time. Like, you know, <laughs> we're, we're kind of going to conferences and, and being invited to fundraisers where there's a guy up front talking. It occurred to me at some point that there are only like three people that I really ever want to listen to give a talk. And the rest of the time, it's just, it's sitting there with this sort of practiced board, but somewhat attentive look on my face, but really just wanting to like stab my eyes out. How do you, how do you do with that? man? because I don't do well with it. I'm not very mature in those settings. I'll tell you what, I've been to a number of writing conferences that, that fit that bill, or at least part of which fit that bill. Uh, but I stopped going to like the regular, like requisite pastors mm-hmm. conferences about four or five years ago. Okay. When I realized that, I mean, the amount of expense and everything involved yeah, uh, and, and just like the expense of time, uh, it, I could not justify it when I would, uh, you know, you come home and you've written down, I don't know about you, I write down notes. Actually, I know that you don't because I've sat next to you at some of these things. I absolutely um, do not. <laughs> <laughs> I figure that by writing it down, then this is how my mind works. I'll leave going, well, if nothing else, I now have this like 13 cent folder they gave me for my $200 and in right, it, right. I've written down the things that they said and I will never look at them again. It's just it's it's a farce, and so I've I've actually I don't have anyone. I imagine as a professor, you have certain things you have to attend. I don't yeah. really have anyone telling me I have to. In fact, the people that I'm accountable to at my church are the ones who are looking up the budget. And if yeah. I say we're not spending three hundred bucks, you know, plus expenses to send me to these conferences this year, they're like, yeah, yeah. we're okay with that. Yeah, my level of have to has really ratcheted up with this job, which I love. I love the job you know, dearly, don't get me wrong. Well, but, every uh, job has a few things you don't like or... Oh, most definitely. Baby, my lying. favorite uh, my favorite sitting in a talk and taking notes vignette, uh, I have several that I probably can't share, but one that I can share is that when we were uh, we were at a writing conference and there, there was a woman talking and we were sitting next to each other and you jotted down on your $200 folder that she looked like an anime character. <laughs> Which she did. 
which she did. And then I drew a crude photograph of an anime version of her, like, flying through the air with her fist out. <laughs> and with giant eyes and, like, with, a with, tiny little angry mouth. like a With giant anime girl. eyes and a tiny little angry mouth. And uh, <laughs> I remember being being in tears about it, trying to stifle the laughter such that uh, we were receiving dirty looks from all the, like, middle-aged ladies around us who really wanted to hear what she was saying. At which time we went out in the hallway... Yeah, and and did things uh, that damaged the uh, the curtains. Yes, that's right. That's right. <laughs> and by that I mean leaned on them. You'd um, thank God for hallways for us. Oh you know, yeah, I feel like that's a big part of our history as a company. And speaking of man, this is crazy. So I was talking with a student, and uh, she was asking me, you know, if I'd ever if I'd ever turned in a book that the publisher disliked so much that they didn't publish it. And, um, of course, I had to tell the story of, uh, of my Christian music book, uh, which that very thing happened to. And um, she was wanting to see some of the content from the book. So I sent her a couple of the old uh, blog posts that I put up about it, uh, including the one where we manipulated the blinds in such a way that we got, uh, we got thrown out of uh, Winter <laughs> Blast or whatever the, whatever the Christian music event was where we were standing. Winter Green. Win- Winter, what was it? Like Spearmint? Something I don't remember. Spearmint wintergreen. Double blast. mint. Yeah, double mint. Right, right. But uh, yeah, reading that just uh, it just kind of took me down memory lane, baby. We've been through a lot together, dude. I remember that you were uh, using your cell phone as like a yeah. little lamp so you could jot down notes. I was, and I, I and I was remembered that I used to have a pen that had a uh-huh. tiny little LED light in the very end of it so you could write in the dark. And yeah. I tried and tried to find one of those for you. And I was yeah. going to give it to you just as a as a gift, like a, here, yeah. just because we're buddies, and right. and try and give it to you in such a way that it didn't seem weird. Yeah. But I, I could only find them for like thirty five bucks, and I was like, nah, nah, I'm not doing that. Yeah, no, no, not worth it. Not worth it. <laughs> I was reading over one of those old blog posts from the Christian Music book and uh, wondering what became of some of those bands that we wrote about. So could <laughs> we could we do a little bit of where are they now? Um, sure. Yeah. In our very in our various studios, and I've I've Googled uh, the band Mike's Chair. Do you remember these guys, dude? Not only do I remember them, but I was thinking about that earlier when I was hearing a song by Mike's Chair. Okay. On a Pandora station that I created. Wow. It was it was full of like hymns, like modern hymns before the sure. throne of God above and stuff. And then Mike's Chair out of left field came up, and you know what the first thing I thought was. What? Mike's chair equals dad's money. <laughs> exactly, man. They just had that look. They had that affluent, like, we're the house band for a megachurch slash we were the coolest kids at your Christian college kind of look about them. And I think I hated them just sort of out of out of hand for that. But they're probably great guys. So I'm I'm going to Mike'sChair.com right now. And I'm well, gonna this tell isn't you a conjecture where are they now. This is an actual update. No, this is an actual where are they now. So Mike's Chair is still a thing. They're still a band. And you know what? They're getting that sort of doughy, like, late 20s, (laughs) early 30s. We're out of college and our metabolism is slowing down kind of look. I'm familiar with that look from the mirror. Of of course we are. (laughs) And it looks like they have a new new record out called All or Nothing. Well, at least that's not super forgettable. Yeah. Uh, what else? Dude, if you look up Striper, you know what you're going to find. I don't know what I'm going to find. You're going to find two things. Oh, right, you're not on social media, really. Here's the two no. things you're going to find. One, there's a big kerfuff right now okay. with Faster Pussycat and okay. Striper. No yeah. joke. Okay, what, what's the kerfuffle uh, regarding? Um, Faster Pussycat just went on like a rage 
uh, rant about how much they hate Striper out of left field, out of nowhere in an interview. Wow. And, and then uh, Michael Sweet of, of Striper took the high ground and basically said, we're not going to answer them in kind. Uh, yeah. But there was all sorts of stuff. And I know this because I went to Striper's page okay. after this other thing happened, which is that someone created a meme okay. with a picture of Ted Cruz okay, and then a picture of Striper. Okay. And the, the caption, I'm not saying Ted Cruz might be the lead singer of Striper. <laughs> I'm saying Ted Cruz is the lead singer of Striper. Dude, and they honestly do sort of look alike. That's outstanding. And they were on Good Morning America and all this stuff. It was a nice little uh, additional 15 minutes of fame for Striper. Striper was on Good Morning America because of the Ted Cruz meme? Yeah, and you know, in this like hard rock magazine that, that had the, the Faster Pussycat thing and this whole kind yeah. of little kerfuff, they mentioned that like Striper's best two albums were the last two albums they made, and they made them in like the 2010s, man. Like, really? They're, they're really making music again. Now, you saw them in concert, and you said they were uh, amazing, like spectacular, didn't you? Dude, I, I did, and, and that's the weird thing. Like, So I, I drove to this show. It was at a rock club in Detroit called The Hayloft, and I was... I was fully prepared at that time to just be snarky and relentless. You know what I mean? <laughs> I, I thought it was going to be sad. I thought it was going to suck. I thought it was going to be, you know, like 50-year-old guys gyrating around in, you know, yellow spandex trousers and a, and a, trousers. And a clerical <laughs> collar, you know. But it was actually great because the guys from Striper at that time, like, they seemed to, they seemed to sort of get the joke about themselves from the 80s such that they could – they could sort of chuckle about it, but then they just went out and played a bunch of really good music because when you're when you're that good, like when you're when you're able to fill arenas, you know, say what you want about pop music or, or striper from the eighties or whatever, but you know, you don't sell out like sixty thousand seat venues by sucking and not knowing what you're doing. So um they actually came out and played an amazing show. It was a blast and kind of in spite of myself and in spite of my own, you know, hard hearted cynicism vis a vis um Striper, I, I loved it, man. I had a blast. And this was the uh, this concert where like a guy in the bathroom wanted you to like feel his scar or something. Yeah, yeah. We were approached. We were we were actually playing air hockey, which uh -huh. which says something about the venue itself. There was a <laughs> yeah. I, I've never been at a concert where I was able to play air hockey. Honestly. Yeah. Well, you know, imagine if you will a room where there's a stage at one end, and then way at the other end is Papa Shot basketball and air hockey. <laughs> So, that is so sad. I know. In, in <laughs> fact, I think my seat for the uh, for the show was the air hockey table. Poor Striper. Until I got off my seat and started playing actual air hockey. And we, and we ended up playing air hockey with this uh, – he was like an Iraq war veteran. And at one point, he lifted his, his T-shirt and asked us to feel his abdomen because he had a bullet lodged in his abdomen. Wow. And Zach – That's hardcore. That's awesome. As you know, man, I'm a people pleaser, and I, I think I'm a pretty nice guy, and I tend to, I tend to be kind of a yes guy. You know what I mean? Okay. When, when we're out in public and, and people ask me to do something, I tend to say yes. But but I have to tell you, man, I wasn't going anywhere near this guy's abdomen. <laughs> oh, you didn't? You didn't feel the bullet? I, I didn't. No, I didn't touch his abdomen. I had a friend with me, Ben, who's an even nicer guy, and he ended up like actually putting his hand on this guy's abdomen, which I think was like a, a kind of a weird sex thing for this guy, but. Um, <laughs> But that actually just turned into a really funny story for us. So that reminds me of alt.usenet feel my abdomen. Alt.usenet feel my abdomen. There's a bullet lodged in there. <laughs> net, you know. Now, Another do you, thing to do you not buy look the guy's actual story of that, that this is something 
that, that he got like serving the country, or do you think maybe this is like a like a stupid injury that then he uses? Dude, I honestly don't know. I honestly, I want to believe that he got the bullet in his abdomen serving the country, you know. And I'm gonna I'm gonna continue to believe that because right. I want to. Let's not mess with that then. So it's it's good to see, baby, that Striper is doing well. That Mike's chair is still a thing. Um, who what else? About the headliner, though, dude. Who, at that who was Mike's the headliner? chair concert? It was uh, one building four twenty nine. Building four twenty nine. I'm looking it up right now. All right, building four twenty nine. Here they are. Now they have affected kind of a. I don't know what you would call this, but the 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 current photo of them is them in sort of the the kind of slender fitting like hipster suits. Oh, really? Yeah, like they're all they're all kind of wearing suits. Well, they're kind of growing up then, which is good because they're, they're like fifty five at this point. They're growns up and they're growns up and they're growns up. The one guy who still has long hair has it like lashed back uh, in sort of a ponytail. The the main guy looks like he's ready to go to like a like a business meeting, like he's ready to invest your money. You know, maybe what I mean? he's also doing that like on the side as as addition, <laughs> yeah. kind of like how like John Schlitt and Rick Florian are like selling real estate now. Yeah, yeah. There's, their website links to like coldwellbanker.com. I don't, I don't know, you know. <laughs> click here for a free financial assessment. But uh, and then click here uh, for a, a financial connection to what was it? Was it Compassion or World Vision that, that oh, dominated dude, World that Vision? Show. Yeah, these guys wouldn't. Uh, I'm sure you remember this. They wouldn't play their set until all of the World Vision packets were accounted for. So you had to you had to spend 30 bucks and take one of these packets and uh, and sponsor one of these kids before they they would go live and play their set. So. I already had two going and I'm like I'm not taking another. Somebody well, and I just finished kids. sponsoring a kid meaning adopting a kid right. for $40,000. <laughs> yeah. So but I was ready to throw another 30 bucks at these guys. Really? Man. So even though you had gone not only at great expense and and months of your life but also like uh, kind of risking your your life unless you greatly embellished for that book. Yeah, no. You, you, there was still like some power in their their standard evangelical sort of we're going to guilt you into doing something, dude. Listen, pseudo man. walk the aisle kind of thing. The standard evangelical guilt trip has always worked great on me. Unless you, you you found the kryptonite for it though, which is the the hallway. The hallway, yeah, dude. Unless I go to the hallway, and now I know that in almost every venue there's a hallway. You know what I mean? <laughs> That was a huge discovery. If that book was worth nothing else, which clearly it wasn't, um, I thought it was worth the first half of an advance. Right? It, it was. It was actually worth the first half of the advance, so. and some awesome stuff for the Gut Check Army page. Which you, you can, I think you can read that Striper chapter on the on the Gut Check Army page. Can. I think, I think you, you okayed that one. Now I'm looking at this Building 429 site, baby, and and I hesitate to say this because of how kind of gay it makes me sound, but. <laughs> Just to be honest about why I hesitate to say it, their their lead singer is really handsome. Okay. He's a good-looking dude. He's aged well. You know what I mean? Dude, if saying that another man is handsome is is gay, I am completely gay. I feel like yeah. I am ever telling Aaron, like, wow, that's a handsome guy. And then sometimes I'm website. like, why do I always say that? The guy looks like a – he looks like he's, like, involved with GQ, man. There's so many wardrobe changes here just on, the like, the first page. Crazy. Dude. Yeah, I, I'm sorry. I don't mean to derail the, your your uh, assessment no, no, I'm, of the. I'm fine. Please derail. Actually, please please change the subject. I want to tell you what I'm reading now. I know you guys talk about that on Happy Rant sometimes. What am I reading? Um, I am reading a book called Manhood. Okay. Which actually, now that I say it, it sounds like it's kind of in theme, but yeah. uh, it's sort of a <laughs> memoir by Terry Crews. Oh. Who is from Flint, Michigan? 
Dude, why why didn't one of us ghostwrite that book? Judas, man, Dude, I didn't know he's from Flint. I'm sure no one ghostwrote this book. This guy can do literally anything. His mm. first job was as the sketch artist for a Flint newspaper. He's like a okay. fine artist. He's a, a world-class athlete. He's an yeah. actor. He's an author. He's a, an absolute role model. I yeah. mean, dude, and, and he's like the the stuff he's been doing lately with like fight the new drug and like like talking about how he was addicted to porn and and helping people see that that's you know poisonous. I mean, good grief! How awesome can you be? Yeah, that's amazing, man. Now, what's the uh, what's the sort of thesis for the book, or, or in a nutshell, if you could if you could just say what uh, what the main message is for. It says, manhood, how to be a better man or just live like one. Okay. And, dude, the cover of this. You should you should Google the cover of this. I'm doing it right now. It's this dude in the super smooth suit just holding a whole bunch of flowers, obviously about to just completely, like, wow his dude, lady. Yeah. I'm seeing it. I'm looking at it right now. That's incredible. It's, you know, when that, that old kind of cliche of women want him, men want to be him. Absolutely. This dude, man. Oh, my gosh. And, and uh, it's basically uh, his life story. Okay. And he came up from kind of nothing, and and just it's kind of a uh, inspiring thing, and it's and it's also got sort of not not how you can be as amazing as me, but just kind of like yeah. learn from from the lessons I've learned in life, and yeah, yeah, it, it's really good stuff, and, nice. and I'm loving it. I'm only a little ways into it, but so nice. far, this is a kind of I'm going to give this to my son when he's old enough to read it. There you go. I like it. But, I mean, when I saw that guy in The Expendables, I remember we got done with that, and we were like, why wasn't the black guy in The Expendables Carl Weathers? He should have been Carl Weathers. And then that started a joke where, like, we said everybody everywhere should be Carl Weathers. Yeah, yeah. I remember that joke. I regret that, man. He should have been Terry Crews, and everybody... Carl Weathers should be Terry Crews. There you go. You Apollo know what? Apollo Creed should be Terry Crews. We've, we've set the record straight, then. Yeah, dude. I think that uh, acting ability, whether he's doing, you know, the the shoot 'em up action movie or like Brooklyn Nine Nine or something funny, uh, this guy's just like in a whole different league. I don't know what. How how was Carl Weathers as an athlete versus Terry Crews? I really don't know much about their their respective careers. Dude, you know what? I think their career arcs as athletes were similar. To be honest, both of them, both of them played in the NFL. Um, I think Weathers might have played a little bit longer. Um, I think they both played defense. I think Cruz was a linebacker and uh and Weathers was a like a strong safety for the Raiders, but yeah, they had similar similar athletic arcs, but both super impressive. I mean, you got to be one of the top like you know, 0.0005% of the population just to be in the NFL. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's super impressive in and of itself. But not all of those guys, obviously not all of them can act cuz when they even try to like do a State Farm commercial, I like get so embarrassed on behalf oh, of them and yeah. like die. Yeah. Usually it's brutal, you yeah. know. Yeah, there are a few strange. who can like a Howie Long. Like yeah. you're like don't act, man, you can't. But then once in a while a guy will come out of uh pro football that yeah. will be such a legitimate talent. Dude, and this guy can dance. Have you seen him dance? I have it's not, crazy. but dude Howie Long, man, did a, a film that you and I both enjoyed very much. They smoked a bear! Jesse! <laughs> that was so great. What was that movie called? Firestorm? <laughs> Firestorm. Fire? I Fire. saw that guy, um, William Forsythe. He was in the second season of Daredevil. <laughs> okay. The Punisher stabbed him, and I was like, oh, Jesse! <laughs> <laughs> Dude, that movie, there was, there was a time for listeners who are new to the program where Zach and I had this... Um, Kind of, kind of re- recurring, you know, maybe once monthly film festival at uh, at our house in which we would uh, we would get together, we would have a lavish meal, and then we'd watch a really bad action movie from the eighties or nineties. And um, 
the sweet spot, Zach, for choosing those movies was to choose one that was that was truly epically bad and mockable, but that was also kind of enjoyable to yeah. watch anyway. You know what I mean? Uh, so like Hard Rain, I would I would put on this list. Face Off, we watched Face Off. Uh, Broken Arrow, um, and, and Firestorm. You know, it, it was it was truly terrible in every way that a film can be terrible. But uh, but I also enjoyed watching it. Yeah, and, and that one was my pick. I had seen that one before. Yeah, and I got to tell you, man, when I first watched it, there was an unironic love for the film. Yeah, yeah, I bet there was because you probably first watched it when you were, I don't know what, early high school. No, man, it came out when I was like a sophomore in college, so I can't okay. play that card and, and act like like yeah. all those movies came out when I was in college. And I think at that point, I was using so much brain power, like reading Descartes and Kierkegaard, yeah. that yeah. when I was being entertained, I just wanted something, you know, I could slack jaw and just kind of absolutely yeah, ride that jet ski through that flooded high school and shoot that gun. You know what I mean? Yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> and, and of course, you're referring to the film Hard Rain, yeah. which starred... Tell me again, Chris, was that a Christian Slater? Dude, Christian Slater's a good guy, yeah. and Morgan Freeman is the bad guy. But then, and this is a spoiler alert, everyone, if you haven't seen this film yet and plan <laughs> to, then somehow Morgan Freeman and Christian Slater team up, and freaking Cousin Eddie, Randy Quaid, yes, becomes the dude. bad guy. <laughs> dude, here, here's the question. Why on earth did Morgan Freeman do that movie? Like, did he lose a bet? Dude, he's you know got a I mean? lot of turds, honestly. He was you know, in Shawshank, was... and all of a sudden he's like amazing. He was like a god, but then he played God in two movies that weren't all that great. And yeah. I don't know. He's been, he, he was in he was in Lean on Me, and and he was great. But I don't know. He's made a lot of bad choices. You know who else is like that? Is Robert De Niro? Like it seems like he'll do anything. Yeah. You know he, he'll be in Raging Bull and like Taxi uh, Driver. Uh, yeah, Taxi Driver. These incredible like Godfather, art films. Yeah. And then uh, then he'll do like analyze this for you know <laughs> analyze that one analyze that yeah oh man or, and you're or like, he was in uh, wasn't he in a movie called like Naughty Grandpa recently oh my gosh, I don't know <laughs> I think he was I think that's a thing I'm gonna look it up dude did you see the family no oh yeah I did that was cool that was like a 90s movie that was made in the last few years and and I'd like to see more of that I've been seeing more of that there was a movie called Seven Psychopaths which was really kind of dark and in a way where like I'm not even recommending it. Yeah, but it reminded me in a really cool way of like all those wannabe Tarantino '90s movies that were trying so hard to be like oh, yeah. deep while not being deep at all. Yep, yep. Okay, so the De Niro film was Dirty Grandpa. Oh my gosh! What? <laughs> and it has one star on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> wow, that sounds yep. like that definitely sounds like one that I'm going to miss every day for the rest of my life. I'm going to be like, hey, I think today I'm going to not watch Dirty Grandpa. So here's a here's one of the reviews from Variety, a brutally unfunny stab at ribald comedy <laughs> that stands as the legendary actor's big screen nadir. Another one from The Guardian. Robert De Niro and Zac Efron earn a place in cinema's hall of infamy with an atrocious bad taste comedy. The New York Daily News simply said, this is as bad as it gets. <laughs> Dude, Sean O'Connell from Cinema Blend said, why am I still writing about this movie? And why are you still reading about this movie? <laughs> <laughs> I love I love movie reviews that just savage bad movies. I have Dude, two awful. books by uh, uh, it's either by Siskel or Ebert. I think Roger Ebert that are just full of one star reviews. Uh, awesome. One of them is called "I Hated 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 This Movie." Uh, I don't remember what the other one's called, but they're <laughs> they're just so fun to to read. Baby, do you ever do that when you're sad, when you're feeling down and low about yourself and your own career? Do you ever read like other people's <laughs> bad one star reviews? Before my first book came out, like for real, 
I I uh, took someone's advice and like saved into a document a whole bunch of one star reviews, um, both like professional critic and like just on Amazon.com of yeah. classic literature. Sure. To remind myself that you know there's always going to be people who hate every book, and I actually never pulled it out and read it. I just allowed myself to get depressed a few times. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, well, baby, we are uh, we are making our way through Gut Check Literacy Month. Indeed, we um, are. Where are we at in our book right now? We are on chapter 15, Carhartt. Chapter 15, I'm getting there. Carhartt, oh, this is a good one. Um, this was one of yours, am I right? Yeah, yeah, this was one of the new ones that, that made uh, Beauty and the Mark of the Beast into Re-Raptured. That's right, yeah, one of the kind of retooled and um, just, yeah, new chapters with uh, with existing characters. Yeah, this was one of my favorites. So we're chapter 15, this is called Carhartt. Um, do you want to, uh, do you want to start us off? This one has a lot of dialogue. How about you be both of the females? You'd be Sylvia and Carol Ann, and I'll okay. be Jim and his son, Tad. Okay. All right, here we go. Uh, chapter 15, Carhartt. I need to pee, Jim Townsend suddenly announces, <laughs> then immediately regrets it. What kind of man says pee to another grown man? <laughs> he awkwardly hangs in the doorway for a moment, thinking he can smooth over his gaff, then gives up and just sort of fades away. He quietly exits the house and sprints the 50 yards to the hollowed-out stump where he stashed the satellite phone. He gives it three hard cranks and begins to dial the secure line from memory. The error light flashes four times. Fine, Jim shouts to no one in particular, pulling his iPhone from his pocket and speed-dialing Sylvia's number. Thank you for calling the CI. Now, I, I wonder, Ted, and I don't yeah. want to critique your uh, kind of performance, but I also... I want yeah. to honor your wife, okay? Who gave a very specific kind of vibe <laughs> to this character, and I wonder if you might want to try and reprise it, or if you're just going to say you you can't. Uh, I don't know that I can do that voice, but I'm going to try. She gave it kind of a, a New York, a, a New York kind of. Thank you for calling the CIA. It was so Thank funny. Oh my gosh! And, and then who says, "Listen to me"? He's here. That's Listen. me. Okay, ready? <clears throat> yeah. Speed dialing Sylvia's number. Thank you for calling the CIA. Listen to me. He's here. Jim, is that you? You sound so clear. Yeah. <laughs> Sylvia has become Saul Rosenberg. Exactly. Imagine a woman Saul Rosenberg. <laughs> Sylvia Rosenberg. Yes, it's me. And Ironsides is here in Nebraska. If he really fits into your plans like you say he does, we may need to call an audible. Oh, my. She says, kind of musing. <laughs> If Ironsides is on the move, Van Shrimpy knows. That's a guarantee. Look, I can keep him busy here, Jim is saying. We've got a lot of Catan to play. You sure you can't get away? <laughs> I can do one better, Sylvia says. Trust me. Just make sure he doesn't know anything's up. I'll take <laughs> care of everything. Roger that. Jim ends the call and takes a step back toward the house. Then stops. <laughs> he actually does need to pee. Ah. <laughs> Section break. I love it. Carol Ann stops for gas about ten minutes after leaving the Townsend commune. She still has half a tank, more than enough to make it to Denver, but having never driven before, she's not 100% certain <laughs> how to read the gauge. She also doesn't have a clue how to get to Denver. The HVAC schematic is safely tucked inside her small black clutch, another clandestine purchase, this one from a forbidden store called Claire's. But she had <laughs> assumed Uncle Reggie's car would contain a GPS, or at least a paper map of the region, to guide her through the first leg of the journey. She was wrong. And so she pulls into the first service station she sees, intent on fueling up quickly, getting directions, and hitting the road again before anyone can stop her. 
but there was no one behind the counter of the sparse, depressingly rural gas station. A variety of impulse items, including buffalo jerky, freeze-dried bait, and some embarrassing pills, hang from wire hooks against a small pegboard backdrop. A hand-lettered sign says, Smile Purdy, your, spelled incorrectly, being recorded. <laughs> she pokes around on the counter for a bell or buzzer to summon the help. Finding none, she calls out, Hello. <laughs> Back here comes a deep, <laughs> masculine voice from around the corner. Following the voice, Carol Ann makes her way down a narrow hall past the unisex restroom and into a <laughs> cramped office. In the center of the little room, a man sits in a booth, hunched over a table, his back to her, and a wisp of smoke rising steadily from the man, up toward the ceiling. It smells like cinnamon. Come sit down, he says. Carol Ann steps trepidatiously toward the booth, her eyes adjusting to the dim light. She gasps upon seeing the man's face. Tad. Tad grins. His perfect teeth gleam. Gone is the nervous young prep with the bouncing knee and bead of sweat. Tad is at ease here. He takes another puff on his old briar pipe and lets it out playfully. Everything he's wearing is Carhartt. Everything. <laughs> vaping, he says, mysteriously. Huh? I'm vaping. This isn't a traditional pipe. I rigged it up from an e-cigarette. <laughs> all by myself. <laughs> it's an e-pipe. Cool, huh? He smiles a squinty little smile that he probably saw on a cologne ad or something. That's really... Do you like the... <laughs> See what I did with that line? What? Now I just sort of... I, I left a little bit of a of mystery in it. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> we don't know if she's really impressed or she's a little bit yeah. not impressed. You I know? like that. Your interpretation is just as good as anyone's, man. Maybe I'm an actor. You know? Do you like the booth? Tad asks, interrupting. He gestures at the red vinyl seats and chipped laminate table like a model on a game show presenting a million-dollar showcase. <laughs> um... I guess, Carol Ann replies. It used to be part of a van, Tad says, <laughs> arching an eyebrow, suggestively. A van? That's right. <laughs> we had this van in the 80s. Actually, I wasn't alive yet in the 80s, but it was an 80s van, I think, when I was a kid. It had curtains and everything, like a house. And this cool booth. I always loved this booth. So when I bought my own small business, I'm a small <laughs> business owner, I had the booth pulled out of the van and put here in the president's office. He tugs again at his pipe and looks at her knowingly. Totally ruined the van, he says, seductively. <laughs> I think I'm going to go, Carol Ann says, <laughs> taking a step back. You must need gas, though, Tad says, rising to his feet. Why else would you stop here? Not really. I was just... She takes another step back. I doubt you were looking for me, he shrugs. It's okay. I wouldn't be either if I were you, but understand, please understand, I had to tell your dad what he wanted to hear. It was the only way. But this? He gestures at his work clothes, then at his pipe, <laughs> then, grandly, at the booth, is the real me. <laughs> Did you know I can shoot an apple off a raccoon's head at 1,600 feet with a bow and arrow? I won the Christian Survivalist Homeschool Archery Invitational three years in a row. <laughs> Carol Ann realized <laughs> realizes that not only has her slow retreat ceased, but she has taken two steps back into the room. That's impressive. She feels a little flushed. Where are you headed, he asks, as if the question were merely small talk and not in a very real way tied to how he will spend the rest of his life. I just needed some air, you know? Things are moving a little faster than I... <laughs> you know what my inspiration for this voice is? What? 
<laughs> you ever watch Portlandia and the 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 women and women yeah. first yeah. Uh, vignette with Tony and Candace? Uh-huh. That's kind of where I'm going with it. <laughs> so it's a Fred Armisen, yeah, a Fred Armisen Candace kind of kind of like thing. It. Things are moving a little faster than I thought they would. Tad breathes an exaggerated sigh of relief. Oh, I'm so glad to hear you say that. I've been thinking the same thing. I mean, we don't even know each other. Exactly. Caroline Caroline realizes she's smiling, despite herself. Tad pushes his finger into the bowl of the pipe, as if extinguishing a flame, and just barely makes a sound with his mouth. How about this, he says, setting the pipe down on the table. What if you and I went back to my father's commune and told both our dads we need a few months to get to know each other before things go any further? Would that change anything for you? Carol Ann thinks of Duke Morrison, the cocktail dress, and the HVAC schematics. Then she thinks of her dad and how he worries about her. Duke would be there tomorrow, and the next day. If she heads back to the commune now, she realizes, she can plan a little better, find a map, maybe even leave in the middle of the night to give herself a head start. Or maybe things will work out with Tad, after all. She loves Carhartt. And if she's honest with herself, Duke is kind of old. Okay, she says. That sounds nice. (laughs) Tad holds out the crook of his arm to her like some kind of old-timey gentleman, and she loops her dainty little hand inside and allows him to lead her out the door. They talk a bit as Tad drives them back and Reggie's Escalade, mostly about the booth in his office and the van it came out of. She twice tries to change the subject, but he just looks at her like she's an idiot. As they enter the compound... Carol Ann hears her father's bombastic voice echoing out from the dining room. She hopes against hope that no one noticed her aborted escape plan. No dice. You're you're at Ironsides for sure. What were you thinking, young lady? Reverend Ironsides demands, pounding the oak table and upsettling several game pieces, which Jim Townsend immediately writes. I'm sorry, Daddy, she says, playing up a Laura Ingalls-style pre-cry lip quiver. No harm done, Jim says reassuringly. My Tad took care of things. I knew we could count on you, boy. Of course you can, Tad says, smoothing his hair. After all, you can't have a wedding without a bride. The words send a shockwave through Carol Ann. In the corner of the room, she sees a very modest wedding dress and veil hanging from one of those velvety plush hangers. She swoons dramatically to the ground, expecting to faint, like in the Amish romance novels she secretly orders through paperback swap and then buries behind the pole barn. (laughs) Only she doesn't faint. She lands hard on the wood floor and grunts against the pain. That's going to bruise. She hears Tad muttering as he walks briskly out of the dining room. If I don't get back into my khakis soon, I'm going to lose it. It was all a ruse, Zach. (laughs) Man, this book, layers upon layers. Dude, you the know next what I mean? chapter is when you're Teddy Strongbow. The game slows down considerably. That's exactly right, baby. Dude, That's one of my chapters. Everyone is converging on yeah. Dynax Lifeway Kilometer High Stadium well, in and a that's masterful what, plot, plot contrivance. That's what happens in a masterfully written great American novel like Reraptured. So here's what I want you to do, <laughs> Gut Check Army, if you're listening. Uh, I want you to run, not walk to uh, our little neighborhood bookseller, Amazon.com, and grab yourself a copy of Recall and Raptured so that you can read along with us during Gut Check Literacy Month and you can expand your reading skills. Uh, also, while you're there, uh, grab a copy of the Gut Check Guide to Publishing. This is our new release. 
Uh, this will show you in no uncertain terms how to live all of your publishing dreams and become wealthy, famous, uh, worldly publishing moguls like ourselves. Uh, so buy both of those. Leave fawning five-star reviews. Uh, keep sussing out, if you will, um, the potential for, uh, for a little live gut check experience. We had a guy from, I think it was Portland, um, write in a few weeks ago and, uh, and, and kind of suggest that he wanted gut check uh, gut check corporate to come out to Portland to do some live gigs. So uh, if you're interested in a live taping of the Gut Check podcast at your event or even just having Zach and I speak at your event, uh, definitely let us know. Get in touch via Twitter or uh, the old archaic uh, website uh, method if uh, if you're so inclined. <laughs> Our website is really archaic. It's, it's really 90s, yeah, and I hope it never changes. I love hey, it for that. I got one more call to action, man. You do. Give it to him. I run Ted's uh, Facebook account. As you okay. may know, and he's getting up near one thousand likes, and maybe, the thousand, maybe I'm near a thousand likes. Are you, you serious? You are, man. You you're getting new ones steadily. Okay. Uh, and the thousandth person to like Ted's, and it can't it can't be someone unliking and reliking. It's got to be new like thousandth yeah. person is going to get uh, the copy a a copy, and I can't say signed copy because that would require too much logistics. Too much uh, like, a yeah. copy of uh, uh, three week professionals. A copy of the Gut Check Guide to Publishing, and ooh, I'll throw something else in too. Uh, the thousandth person to like Ted. So if you haven't liked Ted's, uh, and and of course everyone's just going to wait until it's way up near a thousand and try and be that thousandth person. But you know, like it, like it or not, like it. You know what? I feel like Zach. I feel like this group has enough character that they wouldn't do that. You know what I mean? I, I just feel like they're good people. I feel like they'll go and they'll like it anyway. You know what I mean? Yeah, but maybe what I ought to do is say that someone who likes it between now and the thousandth, once we hit a thousand, one of those it. people at random, using like the raffle bot or whatever, will get those the aforementioned prizes. That's what it is. You know what? Maybe we could retrofit our randomizer with the kind of equipment where we could choose... <laughs> We could fire up the old randomizer and choose uh, and choose someone, but that is a that is a call to action from Zach Bartles. Uh, go and like my Facebook page. Get get uh, get up to a thousand so that I can feel good about myself uh, as a person and as an author. And um, yeah, we will appreciate that. And you know what, Zach, we have run out of time, baby. Indeed, we have. Uh, I need to I need to close this episode out by saying we will see you next time. You